All right, and welcome to this week's episode of Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host and Tanner File. This episode is brought to you by BetUS.com, a.k.a. America's Sportsbook. Go check out the link in the episode description. But Tanner, great to be here with you. How you doing, man? I couldn't be better, Casey. Uh, congratulations to my brother. He got married this weekend, so shout out to Tim. Congrats, Tim. Really great time going down to Georgia for his wedding. Yeah, man. And then I got to come back on Sunday, watch the Bucks get a big, much-needed win against the Rams. Yeah. And then I went 3-1 and one in picks of the week. Had a pretty good week, Casey. Walking on sunshine right now, Tanner File is... And we're going to continue talking about let this past week in the NFL, starting with Tanner's Bucks. Yes, they finally, and I'm not taking a shot at Tanner here, they finally won a game. It feels like it's been a while. It's nice to win one. Yeah. It's like Tom Brady said, right? It's nice to win one. He was hyped up. Like he was feeling good. It was obvious how much this win, you know, how much this meant to the rest of the team and all the fans, right? So we'll break that down and start the show. Also a big win this weekend, the Jets stun. And I'm not using that word lightly. They stunned the Bills going into this weekend. I was not predicting a Jets upset. I don't know how many people that were. The Jets beat the Bills. Are we concerned for Buffalo? Josh Allen, the new injury. We're going to break all things down about the Jills and or the Jets and the Bills uh, here after the Bucks, And then something big kind of happening right now. There are reports, and it's not confirmed. It might be just a rumor even, but Odell Beckham Jr., who is the most sought-after free agent right now on the market, might be coming to Dallas. He has his eyes set on the Dallas Cowboys, perhaps. Is it a big deal? Is it not? Should the Cowboys even be interested? Tanner and I want to break that down. Then before we had to break, like we talked about last week, we're about halfway through the NFL season. And last week we did our midway or midseason power rankings. This week, midseason awards. So let's check in on the MVP, comeback player of the year, coach of the year. The races are pretty close this uh, this season. So we're going to break down our NFL midseason awards. Then second half of the show, Tanner, finally, you're feeling pretty good. What's going on? Yes, to, after we come back from break, we're going to ha- go over picks of the week. I had a much-needed 3-1 and one weekend. Try to keep that hot streak alive in the second half. And yes. then to wrap up the show, Casey's Warriors are 4-7 and seven through their <sighs> first 11 games. Not exactly a strong start. We're going to talk about how worried, if we are worried at yeah. all, at all we are with the Warriors. Yeah, if we're worried, we're not, you know, these are the champs we're talking about, but we're going to push that off to the end of the show, you know, f- for, for a reason. But finally, I want to get to this. The most boring week of the season is finally over, everybody. The Dallas Cowboys by week. The Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> they were really good games. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys by week is over. Don't worry. NFL ratings, they're back this week. Oh, yeah. And the Bucks won a game, right? And the Bucks won a game. They beat the Rams. Uh, so congrats. Let's say congrats to Tanner File, everyone. Big group hug. Let's give him a round of applause. Tanner, they got one. They beat the, what, now three and five Rams. 
Yep. Uh, but them themselves avoiding three and six. So this was a must win for the Bucks. You know, they beat the three and five Rams. Yeah. They lose this, they're three and six, and their season's looking like it's over, right? So it was a must win. They got it. Let's check in. How are you feeling? I'm feeling surprisingly well. If you would have asked me how I was feeling about 59 minutes into that 60-minute game, uh, I don't know if I'd be having the same result. But the defense, I thought, looked great all game. We held the... Yeah, how many Rams, points did they Rams score? 13, right? Yeah. They didn't score many. Yeah, the defense played well all game. The uh, offense, the special teams played well. Okay. Uh, Jake Camarda, our punter, won they had the game ball at the end of the game. He broke the Buccaneers record for longest punt. Really? Yeah, he kept us in that game. And then the offense, who had looked pretty terrible all day against a pretty good Rams defense. I mean, they had six points through three quarters, right? So it's kind of looking like, man, you know, but fourth quarter came around. But we outscored them, I believe, by 10 points. 10 points in the the fourth, yeah. Yeah. We went on a drive at the end of the game that looked like vintage Tom Brady, 44 seconds left. Tom Brady marched down the field, got a touchdown with zero timeouts. No, it was classic. It was vintage. It was a vintage drive. It was. It was. Good. He shouldn't have even been there. Scotty Miller no, jumped I was, down on the drive before. I was worried because that, the way that previous drive panned out, I was saying, are they going to get another opportunity? I, I, was, I was telling my wife during the game, I was like, they should kick a field goal here on that Scotty Miller drive. I was like, I think we're going to get the ball back and we only have to kick a field goal to tie it. No, that's but, yeah. But we decided to go for it on fourth down. Scotty Miller drops an open touchdown. The red zone issues continue. They do that. You know where they, they didn't continue? At the end of the game. Finally got into yeah. the end zone to win. Yeah. Tom Brady. Jumping up and down. Bro, I have never seen him so happy to win a regular season game. I don't think. We I know. Lost back. I know. We lost two pretty big games back-to-back to the Rams. We were on a three-game losing streak. Like We needed a win. Oh, your season was back. on the line. Your season was on the line here. Because if you go to three and six, that's just going into whole... Going into Germany to play the Seahawks. That's a I hole can... you really can't dig yourself out of more than that. Yeah, likely. that's a much grimmer story. So four and five, though. You're sitting here four and five, and now it's like, yeah. hey. First place in our division. Exactly. You're like, they're, they're, the, the, the light is at the end of the tunnel again. You, you can see some light there. We are, there is a little bit of improvement with the win. And, again, I don't know. I don't know how much to take away from this win. That's my, like, I don't know what to take away from this game. I wasn't that impressed. You know, three points in the first quarter, three points in the second quarter, zero. Our defense was a little healthier. They looked, be- they looked like it. It was. Again, I don't, know what to, your back next I don't week. know what to take from it against a Rams offense that has looked so bad the past several weeks as well. But yes, the defense did not allow that offense to tear them up, which is a positive. 10 points in the fourth quarter, including that game-winning drive. I don't know what to take away, but I I can say maybe I'm a little higher on this team because going into this game, we were saying, you know, their season's on the line, might be missing the playoffs. Now, excuse me, now with this win, I think the playoffs are in play. 
Yeah, I get a, I get a little bit of a season, season's turning around vibe after that game. It just kind of seemed like that. Tom Brady's undefeated since he got divorced, by the way. <laughs> Like, did, did that happen? It's a, it's a new that team. Last week, then okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, because they played on Thursday, I think he announced it on the Friday. Okay. Okay. So, so he's undefeated since losing the old ball and chain. <laughs> oh man. That's so, but okay. I don't know. It just seems know. like he. Th- so it, my it, question is, we're gonna find out a lot. My question is, Sunday in Germany. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it because. That's that's when we learn what are they taking away from this game? Is this, was this a momentum booster? Are they turning it around? If they come out and it's just you know thirteen point nothing, and you know because the Seahawks have proven they're going to score some points, Geno Smith is going to put up some points. So if they're not able to hang around and put up the amount of points, or not able to stop that offense, whatever the case may be, if it's not close. I'm right back where I was last week. So this is a very... Yeah, if it's not close. Yeah, I'm right back where I was. So it it depends what they do. And Brady threw the ball 58 times in the win. So that's also a question. Is it sustainable what they just did? I don't know if it is. They they threw it 58 times, and they're also the bottom, the very bottom in the league as far as uh, rush yards per game. They're the very... They're they're averaging 60 yards per game. That's a little... You tell me. Is that yeah? Is should I take should I take that home or no? That's that's a little inflated because like the the way the Bucks set up their game plan because the stats they, they're the they, worst. They throw a lot of short screens that kind of substitutes for a run for that run game. Yeah, where the stats are not like the rushing stats right there, but it has the same effect on the defense as you, get, you, you get your offensive linemen moving forward, running at teams. It's the same way the Bucks throw as many of those type plays as anyone in the NFL. You're what you're hundred percent. That's what Tom Brady does. Like that's exactly, so, I understand. So yes, that. the rushing yards are bad and I think they do need to be better. They can get 60 rush yards a game it's, though. It's, it's different than if they were averaging, like sixty is not truly what they are averaging in a concept. I understand what you mean, a hundred percent. And the way they run their offense, you're right. That's what I thought of as well. That's also why he's throwing the ball fifty eight times. That's also why he's throwing it fifty. Not, these are not, all not throwing it fifty eight yards down the field. You're you you almost wish he was because you're you wish you're taking more shots down. Field, That's when he's good. Yeah, I know, I know. But but either way, I don't know. They they lead their division. They have to beat out the Falcons. At the end of the day, they have to beat out the Falcons, which I'm going to bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm going to bet on them right now. At least at this point in time, I am. I'm not taking them that seriously. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, win the NFC like, like we were saying a month ago or a couple months ago. But playoffs are in play, and I think they can win their division. For the Rams, the season is over. Season's over. I don't think you're making the playoffs in that division in the NFC. I went through and thought about it. I'm like, okay, can the Rams still make it? I think there are eight teams that are better than the Rams that I think have a better chance than the Rams to make the playoffs. So I don't think they're going to make it now after this loss. Going into it, that's what we said. Do or die. Wins it. We think they're going. Lose it. We think it's over. I'm sticking to it. Rams are done. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think – the reason why this game was more meaningful for the Bucks was 
they are they played the Falcons as the best team in their division. The Saints and the Panthers are both terrible. Not good and, teams. Yeah. And then in the Rams, they play two other good teams in their division between the 49ers and the surprising Seahawks. Seahawks are I think they're still leading that division. Yeah, they're still they leading are. it. So yeah, they got some competition. We did we didn't think so. We thought okay, if, if Seattle wasn't having near they were, it's like okay, maybe they could squeak in. Maybe they could. I don't think there's a chance out there that they am that they can. Now the story that continues to get better, my friend, just continues to get better and better and better every single week. The Jets are now six and three. They beat the Bills. I wrote that down. I, I was sitting here. I'm like, I just I I couldn't believe it. <laughs> couldn't believe it. the Jets are six and three and they beat the Bills. Yeah, if they like. They don't have the tiebreaker against the Bills right now, and they're what a half game back. Yeah, half yeah half game back. Yeah, exactly. Like like at the end of this week, like the Bills have a tough matchup this week. Josh you, Allen doesn't play, the, and they lose. There the is game. a world. There is a world. Yeah, where at the <laughs> end of this week, because do wait did the Jets have did the Jets play this week or did uh, they buy? Oh, I did not check that. I did not check if they have a buy or not. So don't you're right. They they do have a buy. Yeah, They're one of the two. Buy. Seems like I was it's gonna, their bye week. Yeah. I was gonna say I was, I was like, there's a chance where they could be the one seed in the no, AFC. If they were playing, you're hundred percent. They could in a world they win. They're seven and three. Who would have thought that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one. Not even the biggest Jets fan, I think, in the world would have said ten weeks in, or no, sorry, nine weeks in, you're six and three. I don't think there's a single fan out there that would have predicted that with the schedule that they had have. No, they play because they've beaten some teams, man. They've beaten the Packers, which again, are the Packers. We know that who they are now, but going into the year, they beat the Packers, the Bills. I don't know. The they, Dolphins. The Dolphins. They have some impressive wins on that slate. So, no, I don't think anyone predicted this. And the way Zach Wilson played, he outplayed Josh Allen on Sunday. He outplayed. Okay, he, I don't know about he that. Get the better game, and his team I won. I don't think so. He had one touchdown and no turnovers. Was more efficient with the ball. Josh Allen, no touchdowns, two turnovers, and eighteen of no touchdowns. Josh, Josh Allen. Allen didn't throw any touchdowns. Okay, sorry, didn't throw any not... touchdowns. Sorry, look yeah. at it. Josh Allen touchdown. Josh Allen was going off running the ball all game. Didn't throw a single touchdown. Two picks, two terrible throws. That if he doesn't make those throws, they score at least on one of the possessions. They score on. He lost. He lost his. Uh, he lost the game for his team. Uh, Zach Wilson managed it for his. All I'm, I'm going to say is better, but I'm saying Zach Wilson was the played better, was more efficient on Sunday. Won the game. I mean that defense. Josh Allen did have two touchdowns compared to his one, but two interceptions to his zero, and he was eighteen of twenty-five in comparison, eighteen of thirty-six. Yeah, but I mean, like you also have to count in—he had eighty-six rushing yards and two touchdowns. Like that matters. Zach Wilson got the win. He beat Josh Allen. The Jets are six and three. That defense had two interceptions, forced two yeah, the fumbles. The defense won the game. Had two picks. Yeah, I, I, still. Two picks, two. The defense was the shining light. I'm not going to say Zach Wilson won that game. Okay, that's was, was a bit of a a bit of a tease there, guys. Bit of a tease. But Zach Wilson played the 
one of his best games. Okay, it was his best win as a pro, I would say. His best win as a pro. The defense played phenomenal against the top offense in the league. They're keeping receipts. Watch out, Tanner. <laughs> They're keeping receipts. These are not the same old Jets, is my take. These are not the yeah, same old Jets. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah, the, the Jets look really good, and I think there's a world where... Making the playoffs? Uh, yeah, the Jets can make the playoffs. Playoffs? Are we gonna have to are we gonna be watching a with flex scheduling coming out? Are we gonna be seeing primetime Jets games? Are we gonna be seeing playoff Jets games? I just don't know if this is a world that G- we've games. I wouldn't say we're seeing playoff Jets. But I'm talking I'm talking games. I'm talking move Yeah, you're right. I'm talking about <laughs> moving moving but. like towards in the future because like the Jets are a popular team. No, you're right. Your city. It's are we going to see some primetime Jets games going forward? And Giants as well, even though they Giants still get primetime because they're the Giants. But I'm saying, watch out. New York football is on the rise right now. It's crazy. And for the Bills, because Bills are in New York too. Um, you, you like Not to there. remind me that. I, you know, you, you like to remind me that. She's the only team that plays in New York. Yeah, you were, yeah I know. I, yeah, exactly. But they continue to make these little mistakes, these Josh Allen, a little sloppy. I think they should by now have somewhat have elevated themselves as where it's like, okay, the bills, at least the expectations going in, expectations I had for the team. I thought I expected a little more from them at this point in the season. Josh Allen, his last two games, two passing touchdowns and four interceptions. It's not what I ex- would expect these last couple of games from this team from that quarterback. So a little disappointing, I would say, from the Bills. Yeah. Obviously, it's a tough loss to the Bills, but uh, I'm, you're not going to see me jump a chip. No, I'm still going to say the Bills are winning. They're still my pick. They're they're still my pick. I'm not jumping exactly. So I was disappointed. I thought, I thought they were a bit over that hump, and there, we still see these mistakes at times from the Bills. So I, I, expected a, I expected a little more, but – See NFL, anything can happen week to week. Shouldn't get too much. And lastly, lastly, before we go to our uh, a big pick or uh, award predictions and stuff, like award picks for halfway through the season and stuff, there's some reports going on. And maybe we'll talk about something else before we get to there too. Maybe there's a, a coach that was fired. Maybe we'll talk about it as well. But there's some reports. There's some rumors floating around right now that you know the biggest name in free agency who's on the market at least. You know, a guy who went to the Rams and helped elevate them. People said he was a big part of them winning the Super Bowl. You know, I, I would agree. I would agree with that statement as well. He, yeah, he's, he's had another injury, though, which is concerning. But but most sought after free agent Odell Beckham Jr. Interest. I'll stop beating around the bush. Interested in playing for the Dallas Cowboys reported by Ian Rappaport. What team, what team is he interested confirmed, in? Confirmed by Jerry Jones. Come on. Come on, I mean, you know you got a feeling about a little a little feeling about this. I even I do. I got a little bit of a feeling about this one. I mean, Odell Beckham has visited like half the teams in the NFL this season. Like this isn't a exactly a news story to me until he's cleared and he's taking I think like, he gets cleared this week. We'll see. Yeah, that's the rumor. The rumor is it could be this week. So if it's this week, just keep your eye on it. And Dallas is—I mean, I, th- I think Dallas is an option. Has emerged. 
As you know, because what? before this week, no one was really saying the Dallas Cowboys are going to go get Odell Beckham. That really wasn't a topic. It was like the Green Bay Packers, the Baltimore Ravens, the Bills, the Rams again. And now the Cowboys somewhere emerging, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, I think it makes a lot of sense. And if he's healthy. So you want him? Because you got to sign him to a multi-year deal. Yeah, so I would sign mean. him to a, a two-year so, or maybe a three year. So, it's the rest of this season. You commit to him for next year, or maybe it's some sort of, you know, this year, next year, then that third year is not 100% guaranteed. Maybe it's something if he plays good this year and next year, he's still on the team in that third season because he does want a long term deal. I agree. And if it's Odell Beckham Jr., again, you're not expecting him to come in with what he's had, his injuries, to come in and be that number two guy, which is kind of what they need because they paid Michael Gallup like a number two. What five years, sixty-two million. He was that number two guy for the Rams last year, though. Odell was, but that was before his second ACL tear. I would but, I mean, say. CD Lamb ain't Cooper Cup either. No, he isn't one hundred percent. But I would say CD Lamb has earned. He is the definite number one in Dallas. But they are still searching. He needs help because Michael Gallup in five games, twelve catches, one hundred and thirty-five yards, and one touchdown. Michael Gallup has not, and I'm a big Michael Gallup guy. You know, you know what. He has not been very good this year. He has not lived up to the price tag that, that he has that, that, that comes along with him. And I think having Odell Beckham Jr. could even wake up, could wake up a guy like Michael Galvin and say, hey, your number two position is not solidified. We're going and get a guy because you're not stepping up. He's still getting his money. So he might be, it's also why he could be content because he got, he got his bag. But, you know, they need some help on the outside, Tanner. They need some help on the outside. They need a playmaker. They don't need him to come in and get, you know, uh, they don't need to be a thousand yard receiver or a 500 yard receiver for the rest of the season. Moments, they need him in moments and they need him in the red zone. Make plays in the red zone, make plays on the outside, make it a little bit easier for CD Lamb and for Michael Gallup. And like, and for him, you go to play with the Dallas Cowboys. You're not expected to be the number one guy. All the expectation, like you are, there is expectation in playing in Dallas. I'm not going to say there's not. But, like, you go to Baltimore and you're the number one option in Baltimore and you don't produce, you don't have that expectation as to where it's, okay, you come in, you're the three or four right away at least, work your way up, maybe maybe be the number two. So the expectations aren't 100% there to be a number one like Baltimore, like Green Bay. He's got an offense around him. They're winning games. They have a great defense. He wants to go win. State tax. There's a benefit to playing in Texas. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense as long as it's not an absurd, you know, an absurd number he's wanting. Cowboys, Odell, make it happen. When I go see him on December 4th, I want to see Odell Beckham Jr. with a star on the helmet out there Sunday night. Or so, yeah, Sunday, Sunday night lights. That is what I want to see, my friends. Let's move on, though. Actually, before I move on, am I crazy? Am I crazy? I don't uh, think I'm maybe. crazy here. I don't think I'm crazy here. I think Odell makes a lot of sense coming to the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he makes as much sense there as he does anywhere. But I, I still don't think it's anything of a story until he's actually ready to sign. Who knows? It could happen within the next week or so. Before we go to our midseason awards, a coach was fired. Now, we have two. We've had two through nine weeks of the season. Two coaches have been fired. Matt Rule out of Carolina now. Uh, Frank Reich out, right out of uh, Indianapolis. I think it was a fair firing here. I don't know. He's, he's He has consistently underachieved. It was a slow start. I I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, 
I think it was time for Frank Reich to go. I think he had kind of run his course in Indianapolis. But what I think is much, much weirder about this, something happened? this whole situation is just the way it went down. The They fired their offensive coordinator first. So, so they right? fired their offensive coordinator. Yeah. They kind of sort of bench Matt Ryan. He's injured, but he's like they, benched. Yeah. And he's yeah. like been like kind of like let uh, like set apart from us the team. They obviously fire their uh, offense coordinator. They fired a bunch of other assistant coaches. They then fire Frank Reich. And then they hire Jeff Saturday, the old center for both the Colts and the Packers. Or if you watch ESPN. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's a regularly. He's, he's an NFL analyst. Yeah. And his only coaching experience is coaching a school in Georgia and it's going a high school, three, I believe. And going three and nine in his one season. Yeah. So and like he's not still a high school coach. He did that before and he's an analyst on ESPN. And like he's a smart guy. I was like, this guy, you know, when he talks, he seems to somewhat know what he's talking about. So I'm not gonna say what how could they hire this guy? He's an absolute no. So it seems like he's got a head on his shoulder, smart guy, played with the team for a long time. But to hire a guy with no head coaching experience in the NFL or even in, in college, all right, whatsoever, not, not even not any college experience, is a head scratching. It, you gotta scratch your head and say why. And I think there are two reasons that I think there are two conclusions I came to. One, it's an absolute tank job. They're saying, I'm not going to go get a head coach to lose the rest of the season. I'm not going to tarnish one of my assistant coaches' chances at getting another head coaching position. Maybe that's what they're saying. I'm going to go get this random Jeff Saturday, who's my buddy. You know, I'm going to put him in the job because he doesn't care. He can lose. So it's an absolute tank job. Or they think <laughs> they are the smartest guys ever and that they're going to bring this guy in Jeff Saturday in who's never coached in the NFL, is going to come in. Because in their press conference, he was saying, their own, uh, 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 what's his name? Jim Mercer. Yeah, was, yeah, thank you. He was saying, we're one of the top four teams in the league. We know how to win. We know what we're doing. All, you know, basically saying, praising themselves in the, in the press conference, saying how smart they are. So it's either, look at me, I'm so smart, and we're going to win with this random guy who has no experience. But it's good, to them, good for them if they can. Or it's an absolute tank job. And that is the side that I'm on. That's the side I'm on. Why? Quarter, you, you're, in, you're in the quarterback business, and I guess that's the best way to get one. I don't know. Did you see what Ian Rappaport's report was that, like, many minority coaches are, like, pretty oh, upset about this? That, like, they weren't considered, and they just hired some right, random... Rooney, what's it called? Is it called the Rooney, Rooney rule? rule? Yeah, right. Because, like, yeah. technically, they have to interview... Right, they I, like like. But I don't know how it is for an interim now. Yeah, not for an interim like, now. So technically, like, can't technically you, they didn't do anything wrong. Right? But they also hired from outside the team, so I feel like it's a little different too. No, I, I don't, don't know. I don't agree with it. It I seems it. strange. And did you see that Jim Irsay also called the GM who has who gave Frank Reich five different week one starting quarterbacks. 
But yeah, praise him and call them a rock star praise and the Mike and the Michael Jordan of when if there's problems with that team, it was you know coaching. You could say coaching for sure at times because you know, slow starts, that repetitive slow start, slow start, slow start. You know, bad starts as well. So you could look at coaching, but you can look at the way that team was built. <laughs> okay, the way that team was built, like they need receiver, they need talent, they needed players, man. They needed players at positions is what it came down to, and. You're right. That's my point. Maybe they think they're that smart. That's my point. It could be two ways. Either they're wanting to tank. I think they're going to lose games either way. Either yeah. way, this is a tanking and they're going to lose. But as far as what they're thinking in the process, those are the two options. And it's absolutely crazy. Let's move on. And it's actually now a fun thing. Okay, this is fun. We're halfway through the NFL season going into week 10. Last week, we did our power rankings. This week, we're going to do our mid-season awards. So we're going to check in on, like, Offensive Rookie of the Year, MVP, who we think at this point in the season. You know, kind of depends on how you did your things. I'm kind of doing it as where this far, who am, I, who am I picking for MVP? You know, 10 weeks through, who's my pick for MVP? And uh, that's who I'm doing. That's probably how Tanner's doing it as well. Kind of. Right. I did mine with a, with a little bit different, like, kind of projecting – who it's I think somewhat is projection going to as well. yeah. go off in the second half, essentially. Oh, it's also, also has, has put up the sample size that shows that it is doable in the second half for them to go on a run. Yeah, so Dak Prescott is Tanner's pick for MVP. Either way, America's quarterback. No. Dead silence. I just, wait, I just wait for your response. Okay, so let's move on. Season awards. I say we start things off with the young guys. Okay, start right. things off with the young guys, and uh, it's an offensive-driven dri- league, so let's start things off on offense. Okay, so Tanner, offensive rookie of the year. Who you got? I went Kenneth Walker from the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle. Okay, he benefited a lot from the uh, penny injury. He was able – since he's been able to take the full workload as the number one running back, mm-hmm. he's done nothing but succeed. He has over 15 carries in all those games. Yeah, I mean, he's he getting has, the ball. He, he is. is over, he has over 100 yards in all but one of those games. He's yeah. scoring touchdowns left and right. He looks like the best rookie running back, and I think he is the best and in a year that doesn't have a dominant rookie quarterback, I think he's kind of the clear option as of right now. You're not going Kenny Pickett? <laughs> I am not. I'm going Kenneth Walker as well, okay? And if you're not super into the league or, you know, Kenneth Walker might be a name, you're like, okay, who's Kenneth Walker? Yeah, he's a rookie running back. He's killing it. Okay, this dude is killing it. He's fourth. Okay, so fourth in rushing touchdowns in the league. Not in, like not not rookies. He's fourth in the league in rushing touchdowns with seven, and he has the most rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter this season. I saw that statistic on uh, ESPN earlier. So the fourth, I'm sorry, the most touchdowns in the fourth he's quarter. The he's a closer, exactly, and he's the fourth most rushing touchdowns as far as running backs go. Their offense, it seems like they're just feeding off of him. He, he brings them energy. Again, something we didn't really see coming. He's been a huge part of Seattle's success, which is also a big part of why, you know, his his numbers, what he's doing matters. Like, he's contributing to winning. So that, that matters. He's a big part of why he is my offensive rookie of the year as well. There you go. So what about defense? What about defensive rookie? Because for, for defense- me, it was really easy for me. 
For me, I was between two guys. I think they're both corners. They've both been pretty dominant. Um, both these guys, I think, have a chance to make the Pro Bowl. I think they've both played like top six, seven corners in the NFL this year. It was between Sauce Cart, Sauce Garner, and Tariq Woolen. I went Tariq Woolen because I think he has been better in Seattle. He has four interceptions on the year. He yeah, Sauce has, only has one or two, and people don't even throw at him. Daniel Jones, the uh, when the Giants played him, threw yeah, last week threw at Tariq Woolen one time for the entire game. Like he shuts people down. He's been dude, Seattle's rookie class. Yeah, he is, he's is an A plus. Is an A plus. It's crazy. Yeah, so I'm taking both rookies from Seattle. Kenneth Walker on offense, Tariq Woolen on defense. I I I really like that. I'm gonna go my guy. You know how big I am. Sauce Gardner. He's I gotta go. Sauce. Yeah, it's really. close for me. They're both yeah. been really I gotta go. He's my favorite player in this draft class. And He's turned around similar to the Micah Parsons acquisition for the Cowboys. Just turning around the D obviously, you know, Dan Quinn had a big part of turning around that defense, a huge part, but they get Micah Parsons. Boom. The defense is transformed in a season or two. The jets get sauce Gardner. I know there's, you know, he's not the only part obviously, but they get sauce Gardner and that defense is turned around right away. He has the most passes defended in the league so far with 13, the most in football. He's been a top – He's been a t- people have been saying he's the best corner in football already. Like, people have been saying he's been that good. Okay, I'm not there. He's been great. He's been – I'm not saying that. He's been great, and I got to go Sauce. And, like, come on, that name is phenomenal. I'm going Sauce Gardner all the way. Yeah, if you were asking me who I think is more likely to win it, I would tell you Sauce Garner. 100%. Because of the name recognition, and he plays in New York City for a team that is – The Jets are up right now. People mm-hmm. want to talk about – it makes more sense, but I think Tariq Woolen's been slightly, slightly better. That's why I mean, Sauce is what, a top four – what was he selected yeah. in the draft? Fourth uh, overall, he, I think he was, three or four? Like, um, I think he was top uh, five. Know, yeah, he may have been – Fifth or sixth, I don't remember. I think he was around the field. He was around five at least. So this is yeah, a, a, a high pick. And, I think Trey Wallen was fourth round. I yeah, think. that's my point. Like this guy is well known. This guy's a first round pick. Went maybe the first five picks of the draft. I couldn't fifth tell round. you. Was it fifth? I couldn't tell you what round he was drafted in exactly. So there you go. I but like he's your quickly pick. becoming known. No, very yeah, hundred percent. That draft class, everyone's just saying like, wow, they 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 knocked it out of the park. It seems like so. Those are our rookies. Okay, those are our rookies. I say we go to coach. Okay, so something that doesn't get appreciated as much as it needs to be coaching in the NFL, and it's super important. Coaching coach of the year, a lot of good candidates this season. Who you got? I think I'm just going to through nine weeks. Through nine weeks. I went Seattle for offensive rookie. I went Seattle for defensive rookie. Might as well go Seattle for coach of the year. I got Pete Carroll. This is, this is a team that most people had winning two, three games. Yeah. And they're you not, have the number this, one overall pick, this, right? Yeah. This, this team is beating teams kind of handily. They are doing exactly what they want on both sides of the ball. They seem to have drafted extremely well, like we talked about. And they do all the small things right that points to good coaching. P. 
Pete Carroll taking a super under-talented team and having success for him. And they're leading a division that has Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers with all their stars. You love Sean McVay. You love Sean McVay. The defending Super Bowl champs. And another team that was a playoff team last year in the Arizona Cardinals. And they are they've been clearly the best team out of those four so far this year. That's crazy. It's great. And I, I like that pick. The only reason I can't do that is because I got to go with one of these guys who just got into a new position and are just killing it. And there are a few of them. There are, there are a few of yeah. them. There are a few of them. There really are in the giants, the Vikings in Miami. Like there are a few first time head coaches that are just absolutely killing it. I'm going one of the most surprising stories of this season. Not that Seattle isn't okay. Not that they aren't. The Brian Dable and the Giants, though, like the Giants, the fact that this is practically the same roster, you know, the Seattle, they had a great draft class in large credit due to Pete Carroll because he makes a lot of those decisions, obviously, but practically the same roster as last season. And we saw how, how terrible you know they were last year. They are six and two. <laughs> they are six and two and they are getting. You know, the absolute best. He is getting the absolute best out of Daniel Jones. This is the best football we've seen from a guy that everyone seemed to be writing, was writing off or saying, okay, Daniel Jones is not a starting quarterback. And I'm not sure if I'm saying he's their franchise guy yet, but he's winning games. He's playing his best football. The team is inspired. He's had an immediate impact to the Giants who have just been toxic and terrible for, for a while. I got Brian Dable. Also, in division, Giants hit a little bit harder for me. I got that. I got him. I got Brian Dable. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate that. I think Brian Dable would probably be maybe second on my choice. He's going to be up there. They've won head-to-head right now. Oh, that's fair. No, he's the veteran guy. You know, like, yeah, I get that. But So so what about comeback player of the year? Comeback player, a guy. It kind of depends. Like, this is kind of tricky. Like, did he have to be hurt last year? I'm a little tempted. What? Oh, my gosh. You are not going to go Seattle for everything. For everything? I, I just put all these pieces together here. Geno Smith? I know he's been phenomenal. He's been phenomenal. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying he isn't deserving. Are you, I'm thinking about it. Like, Just say uh, it. Just say like, it. Yeah, okay, I'm going Geno Smith. <laughs> like. Obviously, I don't think they take home all four of these awards, but I think it's it is going to be a busy night at the NFL Honors. They are going to have to go get some suits, man. They're going to have to go get fitted all together because yeah, whole team's pulling up a new trophy case, perhaps as well. You know, they're they're going to need a new trophy case. They'll probably take them home, but still. So how many? That's four. It is. It's four. Offensive, defensive, comeback, and year. Seattle, though, man, it, it, that they're a great story. They're a phenomenal story. There's, there's about four great stories. There's more like the Jets, the Giants, the Seahawks. Those are the three big ones in the NFL this season. And you also, Geno Smith almost gets his own because <laughs> it's been so crazy. <laughs> I get the Geno Smith. Go ahead and talk about it. Why is Geno Smith the comeback player? Why is he the comeback player? For people who don't know what he's doing this season, he's been great. I mean, yeah, Geno Smith is a guy that 
Is he still was, leading the league in completion percentage? I don't know. I don't think so. But at one point, he was leading the league in completion. He was leading the league in pass. It wasn't up until this last week. I'm not sure if he still is but, at this point. But he has a 107 rating. This is a guy that couldn't could barely buy a spot on a team. A backup a spot, ago. yeah. Yeah, like barely was getting an NFL paycheck because he played so bad at his time in New York and then went and backed up Eli Manning for a while for the other New York team, mm-hmm. comes to Seattle to be a backup again for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson leaves and kind of forces his way out, says there's not enough talent around him. And Geno like- Smith, Smith has played better than – Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson by a significant amount. Yes. He's been a top I, 10 quarterback. Yeah, this for season. sure. Top for 10 sure. Quarterback. So, top 10 quarterback. I get that. He has 15 touchdowns and only four interceptions. This this guy's Dude, been, they're, they're going around him too. Like great. they are buying He's been it. great. But I think it was between him and another guy for Kyle yeah, probably the guy. <laughs> probably the guy I picked. I went Saquon Barkley. So Here's I went nine. Seahawks. You went Giants heavy. I did go Giants heavy a little bit there, didn't I? A little bit, though, at least. <sighs> Dude, Saquon, what he's been. People like me were close yeah, to the this guy off. Like, I was close to saying, like, Saquon's done. This dude's busted. He's done. Gets hurt every single year. You can't pay him. Tanner was always more invested than I was. I was wrong on Saquon, man. I was. And and that's also why I'm picking He's him. He's so here. good. He deserves his respect. He deserves his flowers here. And for him to come back after, like I said, people like me saying, I don't know if he has it anymore. I don't know if those legs can hold up anymore. And he comes back. And okay, you can say he's been the best running back. You can say he's been the third best, the second best. I'm gonna say he's been the best running back at times in football this season. He has. He's been the most he- unguardable, untouchable. What he does. You know, with the ball in his hands, with room in the open field, no one really else does it the way he does. So I got Saquon Barkley, the way he's been able to turn it around. And really now it looks like he might have earned himself a paycheck. Like it looks like, I don't know if it's going to be significant, but it's like, okay, last year, you're lucky if you get picked up. You're lucky if the Giants want you to continue to have you on the roster. Now, he's a top, at the very least, a top three running back and he's getting paid. He's been great. I got and they're six and two. I got Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I don't. I was between Geno Smith and Saquon Barkley, but I was too tempted to go just all Pacific West Coast. It's you know, it's a great story in Seattle. It's a phenomenal story, and like I said, there's a a, a few of them, and uh, they are definitely one of them. Now there's a couple of positions we can look at: defense and I, offense. We went off. I will not first. be talk, taking any Seahawks in these awards. Good. <laughs> Because I I would just be laughing at you at this point. Not that I already haven't been a little bit, but to this point, they're they're well granted. They make sense. They wouldn't any further, right? Let's start defense. Since we started with offensive rookie, we'll go defensive player. I'll keep it balanced. Who you got defensive player of the year? I think usually defensive rookie of the year. Or player of the year, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, defensive player of the year tends to go to a guy who has a stat that kind of jumps off yeah. the page when you look at it. Yeah. So I went Matthew Judon, he leading the league in sacks. He has 11 and a half sacks halfway through the season. So he's on pace to yeah, break well, the record, yeah. break the record. 
for sacks. I mean, obviously, I don't think he's going to do that. T.J. Watt just tied it. Break it. Tied oh, it. Tied it. Okay, he tied it last year. Okay, cool. So it takes a number like that, though, or a big number, a statistic like that to win it usually, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if he does go on and have 18, 19 sacks, I think there's a very good chance he could be at least in the running for this award. Mm-hmm. No, I yeah. Think the, I think the Patriots, if they want to kind of make a run here in the AFC, I think the window is a little open for them. Matthew Judon's going to have to be a huge part of that. He's going to have to be big for sure, especially in that division. He's going to have to be huge getting at those quarterbacks. I went Micah Parsons, homegrown. You probably expected this pick. Everyone listening, Tanner definitely yeah, we, did as well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, that's, just, that's not that's my bad guy. choice. That's my guy. He's arguably the best defender in the league when you're talking about everything that he can do. I could say he probably is the most versatile defender. We were talking about where he lines up and what he can do. Eight sacks this year. He's fifth. He's top three in pass rush, uh, win percentage, win rate. He has turned the Dallas Cowboy defense into an elite status into what could be the league's best. I got Micah Parsons, even though it's not like a jump off the page number. He's doing everything super well. And there are games where they're not, they're not even sending him, you know, as many times as as they should be, right? So, I'm not going to say numbers is everything for Micah, but what he when does, you, well, go ahead. Go what ahead. what is everything for Micah Parsons is the eye test. When you watch Micah Parsons, he looks like he's the best football player on the field. He's a freak, and, man. He's and, a freak, and, and that, that, that goes all over the place. Like he, he can line way. up as linebacker, he can go sideline to sideline, or he you can or you can pray for the opposing team's quarterback and send them. Like this dude, he can even drop him back in coverage. Like he's dropped back as a quarter, like in coverage in the secondary at times. Like this dude does it all. He's my defensive player of the year. Yeah, I was. Very I think close he has a good chance at winning well. it. <laughs> yeah, I think he does too. <laughs> right, so. There's defensive player. You're going what about, the big stat guy. I'm going all around guy. What about offense. offensive player of the year? Offense, right? I think I'm going your guy. And he's not my guy. He's I think he's officially your guy. All the arguments we've had about this person. Tyreek Hill is my pick for offensive player of the year through nine games. He's got eleven hundred yards already. Eleven hundred yeah, yards. Yards record only has thing to make me hesitant is he's only got three touchdowns, so he's only reached yep. the end zone three times. I don't love that. He's second on his team in rece- in, in receiving touchdowns, right? So he's that, I don't love that, but you can't, you know, he's changed that Miami Dolphin that the Miami offense right away. They're they're one of the most explosive teams offensively this season, and the biggest part of that. You could say it's it's McDaniel's, but it's also Tyreek Hill, and uh, I'm you know two are right there behind those guys for sure. But I, I I gotta go with Tyreek Hill with the numbers he's put up as far as yards go. Like you said, it could be a historical season. Don't love him, but I got Tyreek Hill. I went with a guy who also oh yeah okay okay I'm thinking who I'm thinking. think I think if we're projecting a little bit in the second half of the season, I think he's a guy that's only going to have an even better second half of the season as he does did the first half of the season. I went Derrick Henry mm-hmm. for the Titans, 870 yards, leading the league in rushing, nine touchdowns, second in the league in 
touchdowns. And this is a guy who wasn't that healthy, I feel like, starting the season. Kind of needed a little bit. To I had my doubts to start to the kinda, year if he was. To kind of get going. Yeah. And he has looked pretty unstoppable the last few games. He had 115 yards, 219, 128, 102, 114. Like he's on a hot streak. Do you want to tackle a big guy like Derrick Henry in December? Also, I think he's only going to get better. I think he could chase 2,000 yards again. That's that's crazy. Second thing, look at their offense. Look at the other players on their offense. It's yeah, Derrick cool. Henry. Who else is going to? It's a bunch of guys. Okay, not to not to disrespect any of them. From my point of view, it's Derrick Henry and a bunch of guys. Okay, that's what it is. And he's going to get the workload. He's going to get the workload. So I agree. I had my doubts coming into the year if he was going to be the same guy. It looks like he could be the same guy. He could be the yeah. same guy. It really does. I, 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 feel I, like I can't believe it, but he is. Like, wow. I feel like it's right now it's Tyreek Hill and Derrick Henry in this race. Two teams that are both trying to win the one seed. Question. Could he also become back player of the year, though? Yeah, he man. Was hurt. He was hurt. He could like, become that player of the year. Like he could also become back player of the year. Yeah, he could win both of these awards. I honestly didn't even think about that. He missed some significant time last missed second half of last season, obviously, right? Yeah. So keep your eye open. He can win a couple of these things. So I think there's one left. There is. Is it important? Yeah, I have mo I think the word, yeah, the word, the word valuable is literally in. In, in the awards name. Okay, most valuable player, my friend. And for me, this one was the toughest on, on, for me for, for me to uh, decide on. After the past couple of weeks, though, again, this was for me, after the past couple of weeks, it pains me to say, but for me, I had it, I had it as a two-man race. Okay, I had Jalen Hurts and I had Patrick Mahomes. After the past two weeks, I don't think... Those two guys have had two, I don't want to say bad, but bad weeks like Josh Allen has had. I got to go Hurts and Mahomes here. My two ones, I'm not saying who I'm picking. I'm, those are the two I was debating. Okay, I was going back and forth between those two guys. I don't want to take out Josh Allen. I think he probably, I, I don't think he's the favorite to win. it. I think he's now the second or third betting favorite. I think Hurts and Mahomes might have taken I like a bit those of odds. No, I like those odds. If he's third, I might take those odds. Exactly right, but. I was looking at Hurts and Mahomes. What about you? I still kind of think it's Josh Allen. But the thing that concerns me about Josh Allen is yeah, if if he misses even one game with an injury, I don't think he is going to win this award. That's how tight of a race this is. But right now, I'm going to go Josh Allen. He is fourth in yards. Second in touchdowns. Yeah. He only has eight interceptions on the season, which isn't that many. He's had, as he's thrown more over the last few games. He's on four and two games. Like that's not he's, great. Yeah. He's third in QBR, but he also runs the ball. He's on tr track for 800 rushing yards and nine touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Like, what he does with his legs matters when you're talking about stats. He's been really, really good. And I oh. think this, I don't think this Buffalo Bills team is going to lose a whole lot of more games. I still think it's 
Josh Allen's job. I mean, Josh Allen's award. Yeah, I I don't disagree, and that's why you know I'm not gonna disagree with anything you just said. I said at the beginning of the year, Josh Allen was my you know number one quarterback, yeah. right? Hey, Patrick so, like, Mahomes is mine. Yeah, right. So like, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna disagree with anything you just said. That's a hundred percent true. Hurts. Uh, now looking at my two guys. Okay, so that's all true. I just say the last couple of games I've seen from Hurts and Mahomes, I haven't seen that from them. So there's almost still in that perfect. Even Hurts is still not perfect. So that's where it's like he's had a perfect season almost up until this point, really. Um, and talking about him, I'll get right to him. He has the best record in the league. Jalen Hurts does his team does at least eight and zero. Right? They have not been beat. You can say their record or their their schedule. Yeah, it's been favorable for them a hundred percent. But you can't blame them for winning games they should win. That's exactly what they have been doing, right? So I'm not going to beat up on him because it's been a little bit of an easier path. The right, no. He has more rush yards, more rushing touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. Duh. Okay, duh. But he has more rushing yards, more rushing touchdowns by a significant amount. He has less interceptions. He's only thrown two picks this year in comparison to Mahomes' six. You can say Mahomes is throwing the ball much more than Hurts is, so that's also why he's throwing more interceptions. He's taking more shots, stuff like that. But Hurts is less interceptions, more rush yards, more rushing touchdowns, and a better completion percentage up until this point. So Hurts has a better record, like I said, better, more yards, more rushing touchdowns, less interceptions, and a better completion percentage in comparison to Mahomes, who leads the league in passing yards. Okay, Mahomes leads the league in passing yards and in passing touchdowns. This guy has thrown, I think he's thrown 21 touchdowns already this season. That's crazy. He's already thrown 21 touchdowns. And he also doesn't have as dominant as a roster. You know, when we're looking at the Eagles, we say they probably have, you know, we say they have no holes when we're talking about an Eagles roster. Not that there are definite holes on the Chiefs, but I still say they're not as still a top three roster, top five, you know, four roster, whatever. Top two, even if you want to go there, top three. I just don't think they're as dominant as a roster, but I think I'm going Jalen Hurts. All that being said, I think I'm going Jalen Hurts, too. This dude has not lost. He's had a near-perfect season. He's thrown, I think, 12 touchdowns. Only two interceptions. He's as accurate as you can be. Like I say, he's more accurate this season than Patrick Mahomes has been. I got I got Jalen Hurts as my MVP through nine weeks. It's crazy, but I think I do. Like, like he's been perfect almost. Like what has he done? Like, like yeah, I think those the are the three people in the in the race. Like, like Mahomes lost to the Colts. I'm not going to even play terrible in that game, but they lost to the Colts. And it's like, I you don't have one of those games for Jalen Hurts like you do for Josh Allen, like you do for Patrick Mahomes. Crazy. I got the Eagles quarterback. <laughs> I do. That's, that's because you're such a big Eagles fan. I, I got I'm a bit of a homer here. I got the Eagles quarterback as my MVP, but. He's been great, dude. He's had a near-perfect season, and uh, yeah, it hurts in the Eagles, man. So you got Josh Allen, though, and yep, I think he's just as likely to win, if not more likely to win, but it's just that injury thing that really hits it for me. And then the past couple of weeks, the, the sloppiness, if, it's like he's just... If, if, if Allen misses even one game, I would probably switch my pick to Mahomes. Probably Mahomes, yeah, me too. I, 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 would, I, would, I like that pick for sure, but with his perfect season, I'm going to give the guys some respect. I don't want any Eagles guys out there saying, you know, I'm a Cowboys guy. I hate on the Eagles or stuff like that. No, Tanner's a witness. You guys are my witness. I'm live. Where's my camera? There's my camera. Jalen Hurts 
is my MVP. The Eagles are legit there. It is out there. But I think there's that big a difference between them and the Cowboys, though? They go go and get Odell Beckham Jr. and Tyron Smith's coming back? Let's just put that out there as well. Let's take a break. Come back and something now, Tanner, last week, he was dreading this segment. Now, this week, he told me he cannot wait for it. Tanner, yeah, picks of the week. <laughs> that's exactly what Tanner said. We're going to take a break. Come back. Picks of the week. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. We'll be right back. Okay, and welcome back. Let's go ahead and transition to our picks of the week like we usually do to start off our second halves of our shows. Tanner, you're staying alive. You're staying alive. The comeback uh, is in uh, progress. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, the, comeback, <laughs> the comeback is in progress for Mr. Tanner File. And I'm also staying alive. I'm hovering, you know, hovering around 500, not doing great. I am the definition of, like, mediocre. You know, I know it's like, you know, 500 is... is Better than mediocre when we're talking about betting against the spread. I know that. But as far as record goes, 16 and 16, the most boring thing you could really think of is what I am on the season. What are you, Tanner? So you are 16 and 16. I am 14 and 18. But we're still close. I'm like I'm, I'm trying to come back here. Yeah, like it's 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 a week I'm away. Falling back. That's a week's picks right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is a week's worth of picks of a difference. And uh, I think I got some big ones this week. Okay, I got some big ones this week. I am feeling not good. I, I hate to brag or, like, get ahead of myself here or jinx myself, but I'm feeling pretty great. I'm feeling pretty great about most of my picks until, you know, Tanner kind of dropped the bomb on me earlier today, but I'm still feeling pretty good <laughs> about them. Okay, still feeling pretty good about them. Let's move on and start things off with our overs. And let's start things off with you, Mr. File, making your comeback. Let's see what you got for your over this week. What you looking at? I went Lions, Bears, 48 and a half. I think both these defenses stink. The Bears have been letting up a bunch of points to everybody, but also have been scoring a bunch Recently, of points. Recently, yeah. I expect yeah. Justin Fields to continue his hot streak and expose this Detroit defense. Yeah, Justin Fields should have a nice Nice week for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking this game is like 28, 25, something like that. I mean, the they just dropped 32 on the Dolphins. You know, Chicago. Which I think is a right? much better defense than the Detroit. Well, Detroit's line. like a league, one of the league's worst. Yeah, yeah. So I would say so as well. So I like that pick, even though it's a high number at 48. Yeah, I think those teams are primed to score, and we know Detroit can score some points as well, right? My over, which is a little, I'm not as confident on this one as I am most of them. I know as I was earlier today, um, but I got the Vikings and the Bills at 45. Okay, when you're looking at the Vikings and the Bills going into it, at least on paper, two of the most explosive offenses in the league, two of the most talented offenses in the league. The Bills haven't been great, Allen included here recently and uh, i think this could be if he plays and if he's right this could be the perfect get right performance it's not a prime time game as well it's noon in buffalo kind of sliding under the radar for those kurt cousins people you know it's not a prime time matchup or anything like that for kurt cousins he should play fine i see a 30 to 25 game here i'm going over 45 and a half we'll see if josh allen plays Maybe I get a mulligan 
if 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 nope. before this comes out, they say he doesn't. Nope. <laughs> no, you're right. Big man, big kahunas here. We're going over 45 and a half for the Bills and Vikings. Yeah, I want to touch this game with a 10-foot pole because I have no idea if Josh Allen is going to I'm all to over play. it. I'm all over this game. <laughs> if he's going to play or not. If he does play, I think the over is probably the play. And if he doesn't, I think it's probably the under. Yeah. So yeah. And on That's a fair. Tuesday, this game's a hard game to call. Oh, 100%. That's why that's why it takes it takes a real man here, Tanner. It takes a real man to go and, and take this game. Let's <laughs> I see a 30 to 25 though if he plays. I'm I'm crossing. We could get face. we Boy. could get a real icy Kirk coming back bro from Buffalo did if they win. Did you see that video? Game. Did you see that video? I know I did. you did. I think the I'm a little game. worried about the Vikings now. Maybe now a little overhyped or are you saying you don't want any piece of Kirk Cousins. Is that? I don't know mean? if I want any piece of Kirk Cousins. That's what he's saying. He's saying what I was saying at the beginning of the year, folks. Watch out for the Minnesota Vikings. And again, forty-five points to this offense. I think that you know, forty-five seems low with two offenses like that. What's your under this week? Under, I went with your Dallas Cowboys and okay. the Green Bay Packers. What's the Green that? Bay Packers. It's forty-three. Okay. Uh, this Packers team just really struggles to score the ball on anybody. They just got kind of clamped by the Lions, who are one of the worst defenses in the league. Now they're going to Dallas to play, if not the best, one of the best defenses in the league. I don't see a way where this Packers team scores enough for them to get to this line. I got... Cowboys 28, Packers 10. We'll give him 15. Oh, I might. No, that, that hit over 43. That doesn't hit over. Uh, push, that would, oh, shit. Yeah, I put it so maybe not 15, maybe 14. Um, yeah, I like it. I don't think I'm hoping at least Dallas can hold them. And, you know, Green Bay doesn't have that great offensive performance, kind of what we've been seeing as of recently. And I'm, you know, betting. If, if they just lost Detroit and didn't put up that many points against the Lions. Yeah, if you can't score 10 against the Lions. I'm not feeling. Score 10. Yeah, I'm not feeling great about as far as what they're going to put up offensively against that defense. I like that pick. My under, I'm looking at the Falcons and the Panthers on Thursday night. So one thing, at least these games, these primetime games have been going under. These have not been high scoring games so far this year. I'm not sure who's playing quarterback for Carolina. <laughs> who's playing quarterback for Carolina probably Baker Mayfield I don't think it matters I don't think either way I, I don't think it's very good okay so I'm betting on it not being very good at the quarterback spot for the Panthers and and their defense is the best part of that team especially since Christian McCaffrey's no longer on the roster that's the best part of the team the Falcons still not good. scare me no they're not great but I, we've seen them at times limit other offenses Falcons kind of scare me they're putting up some points but for a Thursday night games for the Thursday night game, you know, which they have sucked so far this year, I don't think we're going to see a lot of points from not great teams under 44 and a half for the Falcons and Panthers on Thursday. I like that one. I don't think there's going to be that many points scored. Okay. So moving on to which teams we'd like with the point spread, we're talking about who, what favorite we like the most. Who's your favorite favorite? Yeah, my favorite favorite this week, everybody. Maybe I'm a little bit of a homer. I'm not sure if you can 
see the star. I think I'm I'm covering it here, but there's a star there, folks. I got the Dallas Cowboys minus five against the Packers. We were just talking about this matchup. I think, I know you may not, I think this is a huge game. Mike McCarthy returns to Green Bay. There is bad blood. Just take my word for it, okay? There is bad blood between these two teams and these two fan bases. I promise you that. So no one is more excited than the Cowboys to face the Packers, and no one is more, you know, no one is dreading this weekend, I think, than the Packers, or at least they should be, because the way that team is looking, the way the Dallas Cowboys are looking, you know, they want to beat this team. Like I said, there's bad blood. They want to somewhat end their season. If they, if, if, if they lose this game, the Packers, they fall to three and seven. You are not coming back from no. three and seven. This is the nail in the Packers season. And I think Dallas wants to, to, to put that final blow. I, I think they do. They put that final nail in the coffin. I think there's a clear difference in talent here. I got the Cowboys. It's minus five. I got them by a touchdown plus. I got you said 28-10 earlier. I'm not going that far, but I got them by over a touchdown. Yeah, I think any team in the NFL can be in a one score game with any other team. 100%. It really just depends on game flow in that way. So I would love this line at three. Oh I, wow. It, I, it's, I'm it's, putting my whole family account on that. Yeah, it's good at five. I think the Cowboys definitely win this game just by how much I'm a little concerned about. Let's see if this my, line moves, right? My, Let's see if this line moves at all before we get to the game. Go ahead, though. My favorite, I went Titans minus three against the Broncos. We just saw this Titans team hang with the Chiefs for four yeah. quarters and some overtime. With Malik a Willis. Team, a team that we consider to be one of the best teams in the NFL. NFL. Some people consider them to be the best team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. This game is in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why this line is only three points. The Titans are a lot better than the Broncos. Give me Titans all day. You're not dan- you're not scared of danger, Russ. You, you ever done anything dangerous? Oh, oh, <laughs> I've done something I, like that too. I know something about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh my god! I saw people for Halloween going as Russ and the Danger Witch. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> it was a great awesome. costume. Oh, it was it was phenomenal. I loved I loved Twitter. Uh, I, so I, I like it though. I like that pick. Looking at my underdog, moving up. I'm looking. You're not. I, I don't. Know, I don't know. You're either gonna love this pick or you're gonna like be you know a little pissed off. I got the Seahawks plus two and a half. My Seahawks. <laughs> I got Tanner. Yeah. Actually, I, I changed what I just said. You're going to be hyped. You're going to be thrilled. I got the Seahawks plus your Seahawks plus two and a half against. Oh wait, your Bucks. Your Bucks. Yeah, the team that is actually my team. Yeah. So I got the I got them, but plus two and a half. I know it's a neutral field, so they're basically saying, despite what the Bucks are going through, despite the Seahawks being hot, they still think the Buccaneers are a better team. They give them two and a half points right Don't now. Don't you? I, I still do too. But I think momentum matters. I am not. Yeah. I am. I am still not sold on the Buccaneers. I, I would have loved it if they could have scored a little more. If I could have seen a little more from that offense, I still haven't seen that yet. So till I see it, maybe this will be the jinx that they need. Seahawks plus two and a half, my friend. They're rolling. I gotta go with the Seahawks, man. They're not favored. 
I'm going with them. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. I kind of think the Seahawks are going to win this game. Yeah, I kind of. I too. mean, obviously, I'm rooting for the Bucks. The Bucks are my team, and I think the Bucks have just as good a chance to win this game. They're a better but, team. Like, but the, that's why but it's so the Seahawks are lost in the, the games. The Seahawks are playing better than the Bucks. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks are the better team. We'll see. Exactly. Their favorite. I think, I think we'll find out a lot about this Bucks team on Sunday. Bright and early in the morning in Germany. You getting up? I'm not getting up. Uh, I'm not getting uh, up. I'm kidding. Your two teams off, are playing. Of course you're getting up. And first off, it's 9.30. Who's not up by 9.30? Oh, honestly, I'm sleeping I mean, it's, in. It's 8.30 if, for you. If I'm not going to church, I'm sleeping in. Like, if I'm not getting up that morning, I'm going to sleep in. So, I'm probably – I'm, I'm in an early riser. I, I'm in until 11. I'm in until 11. I'm sleeping in. Wow. I'm in until 11. So, I'm going to miss most of that game. So – if not all of it. So I'm probably right here. I'm, I know you are. I'm not. I'm probably not going to get up to watch this one. We will see. I might. Maybe I'll catch the fourth quarter, which is really all that matters. <laughs> but uh, we'll see, see Tom Brady lead a game winning drive again. Go see what Tom do, what Tom does, or see my pick hit and be like, oh, hey, I'm starting the day off with a bang. That's always, that's always, it's always nice when you start your day off with one of those London picks, with one of those London games and it hits. So, I'm hoping that's what it feels like waking up on a Sunday for me. Boom, one or no on the picks. One thing left for you. Wait, 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 what's your underdog? My underdog, I went Chargers plus seven and a half Ooh. against the 49ers. Sunday night football. Seven and a half is a lot of points for a team that is pretty talented in the Chargers. I think the 49ers win this game, but I think it's closer than a two-score game. Seven and a half for the Chargers. Ooh, Vegas is not high on them right now, man. Oh, my goodness. I don't – that's a high number. I like that pick. Seven and a half. I think there's a chance the Chargers – this could be like a – Yeah, a, I think the Chargers could there. win outright. This could, be a, this could be a comeback, bounce back Sunday night football game for the Chargers here. So, I like it. What about game of the week? I thought the game of the week was pretty obvious. Oh, it was so obvious. Yeah, Minnesota Vikings, Buffalo Bills. The Vikings are seven and one. The Bills are six and two. The Bills are the number one seed in the AFC, and the Vikings have a better record than them. This is a great game, especially if Josh Allen plays. I think it's still game of the week, even if he doesn't play. There's no other really marquee matchups to talk about. It's pretty obvious. Tanner, you're right. Everything you just said was right, but you could not be more wrong. <laughs> You could not be more wrong. It is Dallas. Uh, no, it is not. Bay. <laughs> it is Dallas Green Bay, the Mike McCarthy revenge game. Put the nail in the Packer season, man. Get your popcorn ready. This is the game of the week, man. This is the game of the week. I've been waiting for this game my whole life. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's a top tier team playing a bottom feeder right now you had this team winning their division tanner this is no bottom yeah I i'm kidding I'm, I'm kidding i had the broncos dude. i had the Bron- i'm kidding i am absolutely kidding i got that though in all seriousness i i am very excited because because josh allen might not play if he 100 percent plays and like it's a go that is the best game but for me storylines for me it's Dallas and Green Bay this weekend. That is the biggest storyline coming in. End their season. Mike gets his revenge. So much bad blood between these two teams. 
You know me. I'm a story guy. You know me. I'm a sucker for a good story. Absolutely. I think the story is two good teams playing each other. Yeah, we see that like every couple uh-huh. weeks. It's like, ah, good team. Good team, good team. Good team, could good be. team. Good team, we good team. We could be getting a snow game in Buffalo. That'd be fun. That'd be a good time. You going to go? Uh, probably not. I'm sure tickets are super expensive. They're probably pricey. You haven't, you haven't been to a game this year, have you? No, tickets are like $200. That sucks, man. Last year you went to a handful, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, man. You have, I, I just thought of that. You, you have were higher on bills. Game that sucks for you now. Yeah, stop no going. Going to, going to work, no more going to football games for Taylor, guys. Either way, I haven't been to a game in a long time, but I am going to one in December. That's enough about football, though. This this slate is a decent one. It should be a fun slate. And those are our picks of the week. It is your decision whether or not to go bet on them. <laughs> bet responsibly, our friends. And Tanner's on the comeback, so watch out for those that hot comeback, uh, that that hot slit right there, right? Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see, right? TBD. Let's move on. Talk about a team I am not looking forward to talking about right now, though you see it all over me. There's no running, okay? There's no running. There's no duck and smoke, right? What we learned <laughs> from the Grizzlies in last year's playoffs, no duck and smoke. You're running right up that chimney. That's what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're facing it right on. Fresh off winning a title. My Golden State Warriors are four and seven, 12th in the Western Conference. Yikes. Despite Steph Curry averaging, you know, having what could be the best start of his career 32.7 rebounds, seven assists per game. He's leading the team in every stat right now, in every category. I don't think it's a good sign for your team if uh, Steph Curry is getting seven rebounds. No, it's not. It's it's a hundred again. Steph averages five a game, so it's not that crazy for him to get a handful of rebounds. He does that every every single week. Steph Curry is getting every single game. He's getting five rebounds, four or five. So it's not he's he's a very good rebounder for being a six foot three guard. Yeah, good. But seven is a lot. Seven is a lot, especially when James Wiseman's getting minutes. Jamichael Green's getting minutes. You know, Kevon Looney getting a lot of minutes. Draymond Green's getting a lot of minutes. Correct me if I'm wrong. All those guys are, in fact, significantly taller than Steph Curry, right? A lot taller, more physical players, right? They get, they they usually should be getting more rebounds. And Steph, though, he does average five a game. They're the league's worst. They're coming off being the league's best. Okay. Second best at the very least. Last season, they were the second best defense in the league, right? Mm -hmm. They are now the league's worst. Flip a switch like that, my friend. They go from the top to the bottom like that. They are allowing 120 points per game. It's a bunch of traffic cones out there, dude. Bunch of traffic cones. They're not playing D. That's what that's what uh, Patrick Beverly was calling Chris Paul when he was going on his ESPN tour during the playoffs last year. He's a traffic cone. He doesn't play any defense out there. That's exactly what the what the Warriors are so far. And that's not even the worst. The bench is the league's worst. It looks like that is the league's worst bench as well. So they're not putting up any points off the bench, no production from their backup players. And a bench that I had high hopes for, you know, that I had high hopes for this bench. I was saying, hey, you know, we're missing Gary or yeah, Peyton. We're missing Otto Porter. We got some key players that are gone, but I still think, you know, the young guys can step up. Man, we're missing those X-Factors right now, Tanner. We are missing two of the X-Factors for us in the NBA Finals, like I said, when that was going on. And, and, and as far as the bench goes and the young guys, there's no energy. You know, and, and, you know, it's a little silly, but, you know, the guys go crazy. They mob on the sidelines. It's, it's, it's silly, but, like, that's not a thing anymore for the Golden State Warriors. When a team that was filled Well, with it's hard joy, to be fired up when you're losing games. 
No, I'm saying in general, like, like a, 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 nice, a nice play happens. Steph Curry goes out there and gives you 47 points and puts you on his back. The least you can do is, is clap for him and get happy for him when he, when he wins you a game, is my point. The least you can do while you're sitting on the bench is cheer on the guy out there willing you to victory, right? So it's a little annoying seeing the energy, right? The energy from the bench is sitting there. There's no passion. They're not into the game whatsoever. And when they're on the court, there's no scoring. There's no shot creation. And then the same thing, there's no energy out there. And then the young guys like Kuminga, Wiseman, who I had high hopes for, who I still have high hopes for, the energy, they, they, uh, they won't get the ball, right? Wiseman goes and sets a screen for Seth, a half screen, you know, and doesn't set it correctly. Then goes down there on the pick and roll and expects the ball. When, when Steph Curry, sorry, doesn't want to give you the ball, because you didn't set the screen correctly as well, doesn't want to reward you with the ball. You then see James Wiseman throw a fit, throw his hands up, shake his head. It's just like, dude, what are the young guys doing? The attitude's all off. The energy is all off. In comparison to this team last year, where this was the funnest team to watch in basketball, the energy was all there. This feels like when we made the play-in tournament and lost. That's what this team feels like right now. Like exactly like that. Steph willing them, willing them to victory and not no energy, no passion, nothing from the rest of the guys out there. It sucks, man. They're four and seven. It sucks. So what's the fix? So I've been listening, as you know me. I'm a big fan of local San Francisco radio, uh, you know, Warriors radio. And I was listening to some past couple of days, past couple of weeks, and I've come to two conclusions. Okay, two conclusions. And, you know, their first one is they're going to be patient. They're going to be patient with the young guys, which you should be, which I'm, you know, 100% with, rightfully so. The young guys, they barely played. James Wiseman hasn't even, hasn't even played. I don't think he's played 50 games in his career yet. This is third third season. I don't know if he's played 50 games, right? So they're being patient, rightfully so, with him. Kaminga, Moody, their second season. So they're being patient. But they know. They know their window is open and it is not going to stay open for that much longer. They know they are well aware of that. And unless these young guys step up, they're not right now. The window is, is, is much smaller than we thought in the off season. It is. It's much smaller. And Bob Myers said on, on 90, uh, five, seven, the game this, this past week, yesterday, even they are not afraid. They know if this is still the same thing, he said midway through the year. So they're going to give it. 40 games. We're going to give this another 20 games at least, right? I wish they should. But if we get to game 40 and we still have a losing record, it's still the same thing. No energy, nothing from the younger guys. They are not afraid to pivot, to pivot mid season, the, the direction that they're going in, right? So that tells me, as a guy who knows, I like to th- I think, I think I know, I know a lot about this team. That tells me mid season, they're not putting up numbers, they're not producing. Say bye to the young guys. Say bye for, to, for to Moses Moody, Kaminga, and, and Jonathan Wiseman. Those are the three guys who are more than likely one of the three, two of the three, if not all three. But that's the thing. That's the thing. If you trade them midseason, everyone knows they're underperforming. The value of those guys go way down. Where in the offseason, we were saying throw in Andrew Wiggins and these young guys, you can maybe get Kevin Durant, right? That was something that we were that we were talking about in the offseason. Now in comparison to that, those guys' values are so are, are, are so much are so diminished if if their if their roles continue to play if they continue to play this way. So so it's tough because the value of those guys go way down if you get to that point. If you get to that point midseason and it's like everyone knows these guys aren't producing in comparison to 
you know, like I said, in the middle of the or the offseason where it's like Kevin Durant could be available. You throw Andrew Wiggins in with these young guys. That could be enough for Kevin Durant. You know, okay, so their value was incredibly high in the offseason. And then now we were saying that was the best package for a star. But if these guys don't produce, it's like, what can you get for them? Bench players? Because you don't need a star at that point. Like right now, the starting lineup is not an issue. Like you don't need a Kevin Durant right now. You need some guys coming off your bench to play some defense and to score some points. That's what you need. You don't need Kevin Durant. He doesn't solve the problem again, right? So if you add Kevin, you still have, you're still in the same boat almost. You're better, but you still have no bench. You still have no bench, right? So, and no young talent. So it's like, it's not a Kevin Durant trade anymore at that point. It's a depth trade. You're getting guys to come off the bench, which is like, what a waste. What a waste of these young players to go get players to come off of your bench. So that's why it is such a tough situation if they don't produce. It's tough, man. They're in a tough spot, and you could see them play the entire year out and trade them in the offseason. I'm really hoping for I'm not. I'm not selling my stock. I think these young guys are legit. I think they are ready to be big pieces of a championship team, be a, a big part of this bench. So I'm not selling my stock yet. I am still buying what they are selling, but I'm going to give them like 30 to 40 games. If we're still, if we're at game 50 and this is still the case, then I'm going to be thinking I'm going to be talking. Could it could even be before that. I'm going to try to wait. I'm going to be talking trade. I'm going to be talking trade. What can we do to make this team better? Because when you have Steph Curry playing this way and, you know, say what you want about Clay Thompson, they added him to the team last year and they won a championship. Okay, that was, you know, they're moved, but they added Clay back and they won a title. Like, say what you want about him. Those three guys, Steph, Clay, and Draymond out there, you got a chance. And and with Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, you got to capitalize. And they know that. So that's a good thing. They know that. And they know that they can't go too much longer uh, letting the guys play this way. So that is where the Golden State Warriors are. And it's not a great place, but I'm not selling my stock. And I, I don't think they're going to be the number one seed in the Western Conference anymore, but this is still a playoff team and this is still a championship contending team for me. Yeah, I was just about to ask you where you think this team will finish because obviously we both picked them to be the one yeah. seed. And I don't think, or I think I may have picked them to be two. I, did, did I, pick, I don't I think remember. We both picked them for we, one. We, we both had them in the top three. I know that. Yeah. And I don't know if that's going to be if the that's case. Still in play. Top three, again, it's 10 games in. They could go on a huge run, and it boom, they win 10 straight games. We're forgetting about this. They were yeah. they were 18 in like three last year or something. Like, that. like They weren't on a huge run to start the season last year. It could happen again. I'm going to say they're still a top six seed in the Western Conference. They're still a yeah, top absolutely. six seed in the absolutely. Western Conference. We'll check back in in two weeks. Yep. Check back in in two weeks, and we'll, we'll continue to check back in with this Warrior team. But I'm not selling my stock. This team can still win a championship. Those young guys have got to step it up. Jonathan Kaminga has got to find his role with this team. He's still trying to do that. They're still trying to figure out where his strengths are and how he can contribute. Uh, so they got to figure out Jonathan Kaminga. Moses Moody has got to be more confident and more consistent. He's got the talent on both sides of the on both sides of the ball. He's got to be more consistent. And then James Wiseman, man. You swear sometimes he's playing with with hooves, right? With knuckles, like mm-hmm. catch the ball, use your fingers, catch the ball, catch a lob. It's just things, simple things like that for him, like his hands. Like he can't receive a pass all the way. Like simple things like that, you got to get better at if you're gonna succeed in this league, if you're gonna survive in this league. So that's where they are. It's not a great place, 
Uh, but it's not the world is falling. It's not the season yeah. is over or anything like that. We'll see. TBD with the Warriors. We just want a title. Also, get these old guys a break. They just want a title. They're probably tired. They haven't played that many games in but years. But they're not going to get more rested. They're not, though. The That's the point. I, but I, I would say there is a bit of an excuse. Give them you know, a little bit of time to get their legs underneath them. They don't have it yet. But it's not great that Steph Curry is playing 40 minutes in a, you know, their 11th game of the season and it has to score 47 for them to beat the Kings. It's not, not ideal. Good, it's not a good sign at all. That's it, though. The NBA has been great. You guys finally lost. You big loser. You guys lost a game. Yeah. Yeah. We were 9 and 0, trying to, trying to go for 10 and 0. Didn't quite make it. Not in the stars, man. Not in the stars. When's, is Middleton? He's not back yet. No, he's not back yet. So he's it shouldn't be too much longer. The fact that he's still out can't be too much longer. But yeah, you guys are looking great. I think you might be the league's best defense up until this point. So very good on both sides of the ball. Giannis an MVP candidate already. Good year to be a Milwaukee Bucks fan. You guys are coming back with a bit of a vengeance, it seems like, and uh, already the number Revenge one. Revenge tour. Yeah, already the number one seed in that Eastern Conference. That's about it, though, for this week's episode. I want to urge everyone to go follow us on Twitter, dudes talking underscore pod on in- on Instagram, dudes underscore talking underscore sports. Leave us a comment, review, a rating, whatever the platform you're listening on allows. We would be greatly appreciative of any feedback from you all. Bucks are winning, though, Tanner. They're four and five. Big game for my Cowboys. Big week for my Warriors. You gonna be five and five next time we talk? Uh, depends if the trip to Germany is nice or not. All right, let's see how the trip to Germany goes. Maybe Tom can meet a nice lady over there. Yeah, he's a he's a bachelor going to Europe. It it'll be yeah. it'll be interesting for them. Exactly. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. What's going on, guys? You're listening to Dudes Talking Sports. I'm your co-host, as always, Casey Foreman, alongside my co-host, Tanner Filed.
hurt and then he's going and coming back and playing the playoffs, or it's because he's playing deep in the playoffs. No, this is without trips to the postseason. He can't play in the regular season. You know? Yeah. And he's and never been in the big moments. Yeah. I mean, I think he's a good player. For sure, uh, go Yankees. Growing up, I was a Yankee fan. As far as everyone listening, thank you all for your continued support. Go follow us on Twitter, dude, talking underscore pod, whatever platform you're listening on. Go give us a follow, a subscribe, a comment, a like, wherever you're, like, wherever you're uh, listening. Go show us some love. Uh, we appreciate everyone's support. Thank you for listening. We can out. That's Tanner File. I'm Casey Foreman. Thank you guys for listening. I think that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Deuce Talking Sports. Sounds good. Deuce Talking Sports. Sports.